Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, TD Fantasy listeners. Jamie Eisner here telling you about the ultimate fantasy football draft experience. You've heard us talk about it on the show before. Fantasy football at sea. Think about what you were doing this past draft night. Were you just sitting on your couch? Were you stuck at the office hoping your boss didn't see you? That's no fun at all. Isn't fantasy football supposed to be fun? Why not upgrade and do your 2019 draft on a cruise to the Bahamas where you can get the best advice and party with the top fantasy analysts and former NFL players? Beach, sun, fantasy football, TD Fantasy will be there. That is a tough combo to beat. Go to fantasyfootballatsea.com for more information and learn how you can book today. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos and Jamie Eisner. No Jake. He's still on Christmas vacation. Hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. I know that Jamie and I did because we were both very nice this year to nearly everyone except Oakland Raiders fans. Thank you, John Gruden. Yeah, John Gruden didn't send me a Christmas card. Yeah. Must have got lost in the mail. It's uh, Somehow I think he received so many Christmas cards from everybody in Chicago that he probably just didn't send any of his own. Thank you, John, so very much. Uh we're going to go through all of the games. Week 17 here is a little tricky because certain teams are not going to be playing their starters. That'll be reflective in the first line here that we talk about. Jamie's not going to give any of his locks away until later on this week. So you're going to have to go to tdfantasy.com and become a premium subscriber if you want some of those locks because there's still research to be done. We need to make sure what players are not going to be playing what teams have certain things to play for, who's injured, who's not. But we are going to go through all the games and pick against the spread right now. So for all of you that are still playing fantasy, don't worry. We got you. We're going to talk about yes. that as well. And and, some and for of, those of you that are not, next week we're going to do, go through a lot of recap stuff. And we're yep. going to preview the playoffs. I mean, this show is going to run through the postseason, through the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, but we're going to do a lot of that recap stuff next week. We're probably going to do one of those first-round mock drafts at some point. But oh, yeah. We, we didn't want to ignore people that are playing fantasy in Week 17. For sure. There's still plenty of you. And I know that one of the things I like doing for the postseason is playing in some of those one-week matchup fantasy matchups. You can check, I think, I believe Scout Fantasy is going to be doing some of that stuff. So you guys can go check out Scout Fantasy. That's our partner, and they're going to have some of those matchups. Just keeps the postseason interesting, especially if you're a team that doesn't have, you know, you're a fan of, let's say, the Arizona Cardinals, and you're not going to be watching your team in the postseason. You want to keep things interesting? You can play something like that. And again, Week 17, even if you're not playing in fantasy, you should pay attention. One, it's fun. Everybody's playing on Sunday. You don't have to worry about any games tonight on Thursday or on Monday night. Watch them all in that seven hour spans, particularly if you have red zone, it's going to be fun one to watch seven early games, eight late games. So it's going to be balanced throughout. And again, you, you need to start doing some prep for next year already. For sure. Guys that end the season hot, you need to pay attention to, because a lot of times when you have, when you're in a league, a lot of people just look at the overall numbers and they may not see when players have been trailing off for seven or eight weeks sure. to end the year. 
Uh, so these matchups are important you're going into next year. And if you did win a championship, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations if you if you won one of your matchups in one of your leagues. We're going to start things off with one of the one of my favorite matchups that's not going to be probably great this year to end the season. That's the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. The line is currently taken off of Bovada. The Dallas Cowboys were a six-point underdog yes. on the road at the New York Giants, which is an indicator to us that the Dallas Cowboys are likely not going to play all of their starters. But there are varying reports here, which is why the line is off the board, because it's they don't have any – technically they don't have anything to play for, right? Yeah, but, they're locked into the fourth seed. Yes. They're going to play either the Seahawks or the Vikings or the Eagles in round one at home. But the problem with that is walking into the postseason – getting your butt kicked by one of your divisional opponents isn't exactly the best tone to walk into the postseason no. with. And the Cowboys have a very, again, not with this roster necessarily, but they have a very checkered history on what to do early in the postseason. And they've had Correct. times where they've had buys and they have times where they have gone in when they were the hot team and got the doors blown off. I think we are, or they've lost in heartbreaking fashion. Again, they might face an opponent that did that to them in the Seattle Seahawks. I think everybody remembers the Tony Romo game. Yes. Yes, I think uh, everybody remembers. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, to your point, I think you, you had an interesting uh, – there was like an interesting story about what Dallas did last time they were in a Week 17 scenario with really nothing to play for seeding-wise. Yeah, they were, they, were, uh, they were out of the postseason, and people were kind of looking at that and, and mirroring what, what might happen here. They only played Ezekiel Elliott a couple of plays. They, they, you, you saw basically nothing. You saw Mark Sanchez and Tony Romo come in later on when Dak Prescott had already put himself into that conversation. Uh, here's the thing. I I am a firm believer. I am a Bears fan. We will talk about that game later. And they don't have – they have they still have something to play for, but they need other scenarios to break to, – to happen for yeah. them to get what they want, to move up to yeah. the second seed. I don't think walking into the postseason not playing well – not having your guys play. I totally understand. If somebody gets injured, it's easy to say, well, could have done this, you could have done that. And, I get it. Yeah, and look, if Zeke rolls an ankle on that first carry, you sit him and you don't you put him in ice, you don't touch him for a week. For sure. Totally, Understood. Totally understand that. But but not playing, especially a divisional opponent in week seventeen, at least tough. I just that's not that wouldn't be my philosophy as a coach. And, and I guess the argument on this side would be the Cowboys aren't good enough yeah. to start just resting everybody. I think you, you want to be conservative, you don't want to be scared. Yeah. I think that's the best way to play this. But I look at this team, and I look at the Giants, and I go, look, Earl Beckham looks like he's not going to play again. Yeah. Um, that Again, so he's going to miss the final, was it three or four games to yeah. end the season there. Tough for fantasy owners. They have Saquon, and Saquon's been and Saquon's awesome. He's going to be a top five pick next year. But this Giants team's not that good. Like, I'm not sure even you get a half of the game from the starters in Dallas and a half from the backups, or maybe most of the starting defense plays both halves. I'm not sure they still can't cover this game. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus six on the chance that I just like their roster a lot better. Um, look, I'm going to look foolish if they don't play anybody to start this game because because yeah. the Giants ones are going to beat the Cowboys twos. Like yes. that's just it is what it is there. But the Giants team is banged up themselves. I don't think they're playing all that well, even though they're at home in this game. I'm going to take my chances that at least get a solid half from the Cowboys, and they could be up two touchdowns at halftime. And then at that point, you don't care if the Giants win on a last-second field goal. You can take Cowboys plus six, which is what I'm going to do here. Yeah, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I just don't envision that they're going to sit everybody. I just don't think that's going to happen, at least not for the full game. I think you'll at least get one half of football from the from most of the starters. And like we said, if Odell Beckham Jr. is not playing, they're already not 
fully handed there. Yeah. So I think I think this this could be a close. This game. This is the only game of the weekend I'm going to tell you do not bet. Yeah, just because stay away. I, there's just too much. There's too much unknown here, and there are very few teams that have nothing to play for. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys have nothing to play for. The Saints have nothing to play for. I believe. That is technically it. I think yeah. everybody else on some level has to at least pretend to care. Yeah. For or sure. they're or they're eliminated and there's no reason they wouldn't care about this game. They want to end the season with a victory. Yep. All right. Next game we're going to talk about Detroit Lions going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are eight point favorites at home. The Detroit Lions, this is a lesson in you don't hire people in New England thinking they are Bill Belichick. Because Jamie sent me a text of a tweet earlier this week. What was it yesterday? Yeah of a report that Matt Patricia is routinely late to his own meetings. If you know anything about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick well, doesn't NFL head coaches in general. That's like the – I mean, I guys get cut for falling asleep in meetings they're on time for. Yeah. I I just – this is a lesson, Detroit Lions fans. Be careful what you wish for. You got rid of a guy who had only won for you in Detroit and hired somebody who had never been a head coach, and I think you're going to live to regret that decision – but as seeing as you guys are in the same division as Chicago, thank you so much for hiring Matt. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure there are more than a few people there that are, would be very happy to have Jim Caldwell back. I agree. Right the Green now. Bay Packers are one of those teams who are potentially looking to hire him as a as a head coach. Look, this Lions team is, is a complete disaster. Uh, they shouldn't be this bad. They yeah. have some pieces I like. I think Darius Slay continues to be the, one of the most. Used to be Xavier Rhodes in Minnesota, but he's starting to get the – or Harrison Smith, both those guys in Minnesota. Yeah. They're starting to get the recognition now as that team is going to the postseason – well, might be going to the postseason for another year. Uh, Darius Slay is maybe taking over as the most underrated defensive player that people that don't just talk about. Look, I, I've been on the record saying I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, but he's still better than at least a dozen of the other starters in football, if Correct. not more than that. Yeah, This team should be better. Golden Tate not being there anymore has completely changed the way this offense looks. Marvin Jones being out has affected it too. I think it'll look a little bit better next year when you have both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. on the field at the same time. It really hasn't happened since yeah. the Golden Tate trade. But this is just a, a disaster right now. Kenny Galladay is really the only startable player on Detroit at this point. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, this is that team. As somebody who had Matthew Stafford, he became quickly a unusable. I mean, he's barely in my top twenty most weeks. Yeah, now. Like, he's I, the only two QB two. I've been starting Baker Mayfield over Matthew Stafford since I would again a, this week. Ten weeks into the season, I'm trying um, to see where I had him this week. I have Matthew, number 25. Yeah, he's my he's, number 25 quarterback this week. He's been a huge disappointment this year. He's usually in that upper echelon level of fantasy. He always throws. He's in that category that Jamie and I talked about off the podcast, where he throws for a lot of yards. He throws some picks, but he still ends up being in that top echelon because he throws for so many yeah. yards. But what happened was they traded away somebody who was, what, 34% of their offense? It was 29%. Of the Something stupid. So, for example, in the Lions offense, just to do a one-to-one comparison, because you hear, like, think, well, 29% target share. What does that mean? Matthew Stafford was targeting Golden Tate at the same rate or very similar rate that Aaron Rodgers targets Devontae Adams yeah. in Green Bay. That is how often that was used. So now just imagine the Packers offense. You just take Devontae Adams out of it. What that does to the quarterback. And again, Matthew Stafford is no Aaron Rodgers. Yes, correct. It becomes a becomes a very tough a tough thing for, for the quarterbacks. From from Green Bay's perspective, from a fantasy perspective, Jamie, is there anything to pay attention to here? 
Uh, I'm a little bit actually higher on the Packers guys than usual. Aaron Rodgers is my number three quarterback this week, which yes. I think outside of weeks one and two. Yeah, he has. Uh, excuse me, outside of, outside of week one, this is as high as he's ever been ranked for me this year because yeah. he got hurt in that game and then he hasn't looked quite the same. Um, I was really I was really happy with Jamal Williams last week. He was yeah. on my bench. I didn't start him. I ended up going with Damian Williams over him, and they both had really strong games. Uh, but Jamal Williams, my number 18 running back this week, he looked really strong. Somebody was giving us crap on Instagram, uh, I believe, because I, I gave the advice to start Jamal uh, Jamal Williams over Robbie Anderson. Uh, Jamal Williams scored one point fewer. Sorry, like it was, <laughs> it's like twenty seven point seven to twenty nine points. Yeah, that's not a yeah. yeah I'm, we're, we're real idiots. Sorry, we had you start the guy that scored one fewer point. Uh, but uh, and then Devontae Adams, my number two wide receiver this week, only behind Antonio Brown. I think he's gonna have a really strong game. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show. I could make a really compelling case that Devontae Adams should be the number one wide receiver off the board in fantasy drafts next year. Uh, we're definitely going to do a mock draft, and that's definitely going to be a discussion because I think Devontae Adams with a healthy Aaron Rodgers uh, having a complete offseason to recuperate, obviously, since they will not be in the postseason, I think becomes an interesting discussion. And last point, only because he's my number 14 tight end this week. I think we can finally stop talking about Jimmy Graham Thank for, you. forever. Thank you. You and I both— Unless he's I, going back to New Orleans at some point with yeah. Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I don't want to talk about Jimmy Graham anymore. Listen, I tried to make him a thing. I tried to I tried to justify in my head. He has Aaron Rodgers. How could we possibly not see the best oh, version and of Russell him? Wilson? That but I shouldn't <laughs> I mean this offense, he's just he was a system tight end. Yeah, he was they, they used him. In, they used him in an unbelievably. I mean, credit to Sean Payton because yes. I, I think we keep waiting. Like, oh, well, Jimmy Graham's not performing. Maybe he's not. Maybe no. just Sean Payton found a way to make him a superstar. I think Sean Payton is that turned him into a yeah. Pro Bowl center and a first a first round pick. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Sean Payton is a wizard. That's he's an offensive wizard. Y'all want to talk about Sean or uh, McVay over hanging out in in yeah. L, in L A. Uh, Sean Payton's been doing it for a, a decade and a Absolutely, half now. Yeah. So, so Packers minus eight. I'm going to take them in this game. They probably shouldn't be that high, but the Lions are a disaster. I think the Packers are still trying to put a positive spin on the end of their season. I think I Aaron Rodgers wants to go out with a really strong game. And they're at home. They always play yeah. much better at home. And the Lions just are a disaster right yeah, now. Yeah, they are they need that. They, they're looking for the season to be over as quickly as possible. And Stafford's not healthy. No, he is not. New York Jets on the road to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots are 13.5-point favorites. And for what <laughs> – Man, first time in a long time, the Patriots are kind of in a position where they need to go out there and, yeah. and, and listen, Bill never sits his guys. Tom Brady will go out there and continue to play, even if they've locked up whatever they have locked Think up. About that perfect season. They, yeah. they played that, that Giants game in week 17 with all their might. Yeah. They, that's just how, that's, that is how they do things. And that's, I think, what makes Bill Bill. But here's a scenario where they do have to play and they would like to see some positive momentum going into the postseason here. The one, they need it. Two, they need that bye. We've yep. talked about this on the show before. Every single Super Bowl that they've won. They've had a bye. They've had a bye. Correct. I can't remember if the first one they did. I don't remember if they had a bye in 01. But every other one since then, they've had a bye. So they desperately need that. I don't think they want to go into some of these other AFC opponents on the road um, when it comes to the AFC Championship game at least. I also saw the way Tom Brady played last week, and it was bad. Yeah. And everybody knew it, and Belichick knew it, and they admitted it. I don't think that they want to have – look, the Jets are a disaster on the road. They're a pesky team at home. They play pretty well at home. They do. But that team is a disaster on the road. I think they're looking to make a statement here because they know if they can go out, they can blow out the Jets, they can feel really good about themselves and take two weeks to prepare for a home game against a team that they – which, again, it could be it could be the Ravens, it could yeah. be the Steelers, it could, yeah. it could be uh, 
Fortunately, it might be the Chargers, yeah. which I think would be the worst matchup for them. But, I mean, there are a lot of options for them. Uh, could be the Texans. So they're going to have two weeks to prepare for a good team that's going to come in. I think they cover this. I think they can win by two touchdowns because they know they need home field advantage. And, again, the the, the apple of we get an extra week off it's gives huge. you all the incentive in the world, to, even if you're up big in this game, to make sure you stay up big. Yeah, I And think, Darnold's been a disaster on yeah, the road. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of this is the home road split for Sam Darnold has been, with the exception of the first game on the road in Detroit, has been absolutely just yeah. a complete disaster for him. And we've seen him play much he's better. He's getting there. I really like the way he played last week. Yeah. He's going to be good. I, I he's going to be good. I always keep saying this. I th- I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be really good. But right now, he's, he's, a, he's a turnover-prone college quarterback that's been very turnover-prone in the NFL, particularly on the road. Yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons. That offense is not impressive mm-hmm. by Robbie Anderson's been really good for them the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He's, he's a wide receiver too this week. Yeah, but. he's he's turned into a nice little option for them, but they need to upgrade that offensive offensive unit in general to to reflect that they're serious about Sam Darnold. So quickly on the fantasy side, uh, Eli McGuire's been pretty good there. Yep. I think he's a flex play this week. Robbie Anderson's a wide receiver too. Uh, on the New England side, Julian Edelman's been awesome. I think he's going to be just has. outside my top 10 this week. Uh, Sony Michelle had the very, had a very big game. I didn't think Michelle was going to have that huge game last week, but he did. He cracks my top 10 again this week at number nine. James White at number 16. One guy I want to talk about because I wrote an article about him for t- at tdfantasy.com. You should go read it because I think it's actually one of my best pieces of the year. Just to humble brag. No, but like this one I, I, I really felt strongly about because I was a Rob Gronkowski owner in fantasy this yeah, year. Yeah, this is a good topic. And I, and I wrote about where should Rob Gronkowski be drafted next year and looked at him in the context of this season what he's been overall and some of the players around him. And I kind of, and I look at around at where, where are you going to go? Because everybody knows Kelsey's going one next year or just yeah. going to Kittle's going three. I think yeah. unless somebody gets hurt in the off season, that's where you're going. But where does Gronkowski fit? Where do you have him around the Eric Ebron's of the world? Where do you have him around the Jared Cooks of the world? I think Evan Ingram needs to be in that argument I right agree. now, the way he's ending the year yep. and how young he is. So, where does he rank in that context and what what we need to reframe the way we look at Rob Gronkowski. I agree. And that big zero points he put up last week was the, the, the coup de grace of a disappointing season for him. Yep. He is not the premier tight end anymore. That, that is over. Nope. It's not him. That Gronk spot in the draft at the end of the second – or in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the end of the second round is going to Travis Kelsey. Correct. So, As it should. And and then right after that's going to be Ertz. So where does he rank next year? So I think that's very interesting. He still cracks my top five this week. I have him only behind Kelsey Ertz, Kittle, and Evan Ingram. I have him just above Eric Ebron. I don't know. You know, Ebron's been a little bit banged up. I don't know how – I think Tennessee's defense has been really strong this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Cook's been so hit or miss. But uh, to me, again, Gronkowski should have success this week, but I get you being a little bit gun shy. Yeah, and, and he's going to be somebody we'll definitely talk about a lot in the offseason and whether or not he comes back to play football. Also. I think he will because I think Brady's going to be back. Yeah, he he and Brady will probably walk away at the same time, and I think what happens in this postseason will have a lot to do with how these two decide what happens in their future. I had a line in that article. I said, I think Gronkowski plays in 2019, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody says twenty. he doesn't play past 2020. Yeah. like I, I really think we're looking at a – two-year window here where Gronk's going to continue to play because I do think that retirement talk's serious. He's been beat up a lot. Yep. Point of the article. He's beat up in college too. I mean, so he's yeah. lived the last dozen years of his life in a lot of pain. He's going to turn 30 this offseason. Yeah. That's not old, but it's old for a player with this injury history. Yeah, it's old for a player with that injury history, and it's also 
he has, he's very close to his family. He, he, and he enjoys, he's, he's enjoyed his life. He makes a lot of money off the football field. He has a future doing anything he wants yeah. when he's retired. You think Pat McAfee's done pretty well yeah. as a talking head on the way, Wait, which so- by the way, he has Pat McAfee. I saw him, he was doing a broadcast a couple weeks ago. I forgot he was doing it with, it was like McAfee and a couple other NFL platform, former NFLers. He did a great job. Yeah, he's phenomenal. It's the first time I've seen him in the booth. Like, I know he's done, like, pregame shows. Yeah. And he's dabbles and stuff. So I know he dabbles in stuff for Barstow Sports and for WWE and for yeah. lots of other stuff. He's done really well. Rob Gronkowski will be a, a, a tremendous star. personality yes. away from the football field. So that's going to factor in, too. But, yeah, I, I think next year you're looking at Gronk. And I, and I even in there, I evaluate where I think he should be drafted ADP-wise, what round, what format. So, uh, it would I would appreciate it a lot. My Christmas present to me would be if you go read that <laughs> go read that story at tdfancy.com. It's free for everybody. Yeah, I'll tweet it out uh, later today so everybody can check it out. Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. The big news here, obviously, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen versus Teddy Bridgewater, the matchup yeah. we all expected in the preseason. Yeah, New Orleans Saints, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. As we mentioned earlier, Saints don't really have anything to play for. Carolina doesn't have anything to play for here. Um, I know it's a divisional game, and I know the Saints don't want to walk away on a, on a bad note, but they're not going to have a lot of their guys starting. No. And this Carolina Panthers team is beaten to shreds. It's the Saints versus Christian McCaffrey. That's what we're playing. That's game. correct. Which, by the way, I would like to go back. I'm just, I feel like I'm patting myself on the back. I'm not trying to be this arrogant. But I got a lot of stuff wrong this year. We're going to go over it next year, all the stuff – or next yeah. week, all the stuff I, I got right and wrong, and, and Jake got right and wrong, and Paige got right and wrong. But at the beginning of the season, I said, I think Christian McCaffrey can catch 100 balls this year. Yeah. He's got 105 catches. Yep. So he he's gonna, he broke the record for most catches by a running back this year. Uh, again, I make a very compelling case. He might be the second player off the board in fantasy drafts next year in PPR formats. If I am playing in a PPR league, uh, I will give away a secret. He would – if I was Early picking McCaffrey number – yeah. I think that's where I'm leaning. Again, we have all offseason. We're going to do our rankings. And for sure. For those of you that weren't with us in the offseason that kind of picked us up, we have some really good stuff that we do in the offseason with our all of us do our different rankings yeah. and discuss. We go position by position and discuss the intricacies of every single player. Uh, so it's, it's a really cool thing. So you stick with us through the offseason. But I right now, I think he's my he's my second running back off the board, which yeah. is my second player off the board. I, I would agree. Well, who, do you, who are you leaning here? Because uh, this is a tough one to pick. I'm going to take the Saints minus 7.5. It's a little higher than I'd like. I don't like it being more than one score. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty good quarterback. I, I think agree. he would be – he is one of the – 25 to 30 best quarterbacks in the league. I'm also interested to see. He sat behind Drew Brees now for a while, right, This throughout yeah. this season. And he's been in – he's been taking – I know it's number two reps, but he's been taking number two yeah. reps with Sean Payton in a different – in a new system that's completely based off of it, uh, an offensive mind where, where he played in Minnesota where, listen – I think Mike Zimmer is a great coach. They were running the ball more. Adrian were, Peterson was the focal point correct. of the offense when Teddy Bridgewater was He there. was not able to open up the way I think he's yeah. going to be able. So I am – I know this game, we kind of joked about it, but I'm interested to watch what Teddy Bridgewater does. I am too because I, I'm a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I thought when he was dropping in the draft, I thought it was ridiculous. Remember the whole glove game? Yeah, that was we so wore his gloves on pro day. Like, I'm sorry, did you, do you not have three years of film on the guy? Yeah. Like, I, I won't get into that. We'll get around the draft time of people that – freak out about one workout when you have three years of film on a player. It just blows my mind. I, I'm rooting for him to I have like an unbelievable lot. game and so he gets a shot he somewhere. He was a league, a slightly, ever so slightly below average league average starter yeah. before. And I think he's still that player. I still think he's that guy that's probably not one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the league, but, he but he's in start. that next 10. Yeah. He's in that 20 to 30 range. Uh, and I, I think he's going to have a pretty decent game here. I don't know what weapons he's going to have to choose from. 
Michael Thomas is probably only going to play the first half, maybe at most. I don't know how much they're going to play Kamara and Ingram. Like, I, I don't know what the weapon situation around him could be like. Maybe this is going to be the big game that we've been waiting for for Traquan Smith. I think Ted Ginn's going to play a big role because they want to kind of get him yeah. back off the speed, especially since they're going to have a week off. He looked good last week. But I, I think he's going to have a pretty decent game. So yeah, I, I'm looking two for QB him. leagues. I think he he, he crashed my top twenty this week at quarterback. So if I, you're playing in a two QB league, Teddy Bridgewater is probably a decent start for you. I agree, and I I would echo that. that I think the Saints have they're so they have so much depth offensively yeah. that even if Michael Thomas is sitting, he still has so many options yeah. from an offensive Trey side. Trayvon Smith, to Ted Ginn Jr., a bunch of tight ends to throw to. I mean, you have this is an offensive system yeah. that I feel like you can plug and play a little bit. I know Michael Thomas is an elite wide receiver, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to put in whoever he wants here, and they're at home. And this Panthers it, team's got nothing. Yeah, this Panthers team is just defeated, and I think they're looking at I don't like a lot of changes in the UDFA on the road. Like, yeah. No, thanks. I, I'm, I'm out. That's disaster waiting to happen. All right, the Atlanta Falcons going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was even money when I looked at it, and now it is Atlanta minus one. Okay, on I, I was going to pick Atlanta in this game. Okay. Um, I Look, the Buccaneers have been pesky, as Jake likes to call them, uh, but they're not good. No, they are uh, not And good. we're starting to see some of the cracks there. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's very unhappy. I, they used him more this year than I anticipated at the beginning of the year, but they don't, they don't have a need for him right now. Adam Humphreys is a good player there. Yep. Chris Godwin is going to be playing that Deshaun Jackson role, and he's done it better. I mean, Mike Evans is awesome. We know this already. Uh, O.J. Howard, I know he's hurt right now, but he's a player that he's in that Gronk conversation. I think he's right in that range where wherever you're considering Gronk, you have to consider O.J. Howard. I agree. And you can't say O.J. Howard has a, a worse injury history than Gronkowski. No. So, I mean, because and, and that's what I talked about in that article where Gronkowski, Ingram, O.J. Howard – you have two young guys that are up and coming. All three of them have injury problems. Yeah. Like, where do you – so that – I'm not going to tease that article anymore. But that that's a fact in this game. Cameron Braid has been very poor the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm really has. surprised that he hasn't been at least getting in the end zone. I just don't – I just don't like anything about this Tampa Bay team right now. And the Falcons aren't great, but they're better than their record. Um, it seems like whoever they plug in a running back and just run for 100 yards. I mean, Brian Hill last week had a, a monster game on like eight carries. Tevin Coleman's going to play this week. I just think the Falcons have too many weapons in this game. I know they're on the road and they haven't quite been the same, but to me, they just have too, they have more weapons than Tampa Bay does. Both teams are equally playing for nothing, and I think the Falcons want to end on a little bit of a high note here, where I think the Bucks are going to be a team that's in transition, and I don't know who is safe and who is not safe there. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to have a lot of fun off-season discussions. I, there are a lot of changes coming to a lot of teams. And just I think, given the contract situation that Jameis Winston's facing, if he has a poor first half. I could see a phantom city in the second half. They don't want to guarantee it because his contract next year is only guaranteed for injuries, the fifth-year option. Yeah. So this is kind of a situation, if you remember way back when, yeah. that the Niners did with Colin Kaepernick, why they wouldn't start him at the beginning of the year because they, his contract was only guaranteed for injury. They didn't want to have to pay the exorbitant cost of what the fifth year would have been if a guy gets hurt. I would not be surprised if Jameis Winston gets a phantom injury midway through this game. Very interesting. Very good stuff to pay attention to. All right. To Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to play the Houston Texans, who, as another team that's got something to play for, seven-point favorite at home. Jacksonville has been a disaster, as we've yeah. discussed. Uh, listen, I – This might be my lock of the weekend. Uh, yeah, I just – Cody Kessler's bad at football. Cody Kessler's He's a bad football Cody player. Kessler's bad. Houston's at home. I just – I don't see any scenario in which Jacksonville – 
does really much offensively on this Houston Texans defense on the road. I just I, – I can't see that happening. So I, I just looked up to double check. They are actually going to start Blake Bortles this week over Cody Kessler. By the way, Blake Bortles, also a bad football player. Jeez. I don't think it matters. It matters a little bit. I think Blake Bortles is a little bit better player uh, than Cody Kessler is. But to me, I don't think yeah, this but matters. What is – I mean, what – what is his mental state right now after being benched? I mean, I just, I, I don't expect to see this doesn't, I don't care who's playing. I don't care if it's Cody Kessler or Blake Bortles. I think this offense is meh. It's bad. It's, it's just blah. Fournette's not, I mean, look, they, they could pound Fournette a bit and he's shown that he has some ability to have still this year to have some success, but. But they know if they're, they're going to load the box and stop Fournette and make Blake Bortles make throws. And I just don't trust that Blake Bortles can make throws. I don't. I, don't. I, I know this game, it, it does technically mean something to Texans. So it look, looks like they're most likely going to be locked into that three seed at this point. But they can still get home field advantage and they still got to try and they still got to enter this game on a high note. But sure. to me, I, I don't get them only being seven point favorites. I know it's not like life or death for them. Yeah. So I understand they might call off the dogs late in this game. But the Texans are a far superior team than what we've seen Jacksonville do this year. I, I'm a little surprised to see the line only that low. So I'm going to take the Texans minus seven, and that might end up being one of my locks. So check TDFantasy.com Friday, Saturday. You'll have my locks. You'll have Jake's locks. Our, our last regular season locks of the year. We'll see what happens during the postseason. Yeah, I think the Texans are a team that want to lock and load going into the postseason. I don't think this is a team. This isn't a team that comes that's like the Patriots or yeah. the Steelers that have had po- tons of postseason success. I think they need to to have a little swagger going into the postseason, and I expect to see a big game from them against a divisional opponent. Uh, the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we could skip this game if you want, Jamie, but There's we'll talk about here. it. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, meh. Uh, Buffalo is a four and a half point favorite at home. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He's been yeah. I mean, you're you're literally not starting probably anybody in either one of these games. No, you shouldn't. Uh, maybe be. the defenses. I think the, what, I'm seeing where I rank the defenses. The defenses might actually be worthwhile. In this. Yeah, Buffalo at home. Their defense has been interesting at home. And yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo cracks my top ten. Um, yeah, so I, I think would, Buffalo's defense is is actually a solid little play here. That's really it. I mean, neither quarterback in this game is in my my top 12. No. None of the running backs are in even RB2 territory in this game. Uh, I know there's a lot of hype around Caleb Bellage, but no, uh, he's not there either. Uh, none of the wide receivers in this game are in – I mean, so really this is just a fantasy wasteland. Uh, Bill's yeah. defense is the only defense you're considering – only player you're really considering starting in most leagues. Are you locking in Bill's minus four and a half or are you not feeling – I'm not going to lock anything in this game because yeah. both these teams suck, but I'm going to take Bill's minus four and a half. Okay. I don't feel great about it, but I'm, I'm going to take the Bills, but uh, this is – again, this is one of the other ones I'm not going to lock in. There's just yes. two – Stay away from just say two bad teams. There are two – I think the Bills are a bad team. I think Miami is just an average team at best. It's overachieving a little bit, but I just don't like this game. The yeah. Dolphins haven't been the same on the road, and the Bills are the Bills. Don't expect much here. Uh, next game that would – it used to be – what well, used to be such a fun matchup between the Arizona Cardinals yeah. and the Seattle Seahawks. Except for that one time they played that overtime game that never ended. Yes. 6-6. Yeah, that game should just never be played ever again like that. But the Arizona Cardinals on the road playing the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks – 13-and-a-half-point favorites. That is a huge line. And I don't think it's enough. Uh, I agree. The Arizona Cardinals are a bad football Banged up team. Josh Rosen on the road against yeah. a team that needs to win. Again, if the Seahawks lose this game, they could miss the playoffs. Yeah, they have to win. Like, this is what I, happens I when they lost that game yeah, to the like Niners. I, it's, it's not – I mean, some other things have to happen. They can still lose this game and they can make it in. Uh, I have to, to double-check all of the, the weird scenarios there. But it, it, yeah, it's, they, a three, uh, it's a three teams for two spot. 
Uh, or no, did they did they actually clinch? I was going to say week? they might. They have did clinch yeah. last week because yeah. Okay, so I checked that again. So this game, but it still matters in terms of seeding because the Vikings can catch them if the Vikings win and the Seahawks lose. The Vikings will jump them. And again, I would much rather go to Dallas and play the Cowboys than go to Chicago, Chicago or go to LA to play the Rams. So, um, so my bet on that part about them clinching, I had to double check there, but. Still, I think this game is going to matter to them. They're going to want to. They want to lock in that five seed versus six seed. Just a much easier path for them to have to deal with. And the, just the Cardinals are just so bad. This is also a team. If you pay attention to coaching and you pay attention to trends, the Seahawks are a team that tend to heat up, and they like to heat up yeah. going into the postseason. Pete Carroll has traditionally not benched guys in Week 17, even when they know they're locked into a certain position. Uh, I expect the Seahawks, the Seahawks to play their starters for nearly all of the game. Maybe if they go up three touchdowns at one point and they sit their guys in the fourth quarter, but this Arizona Cardinals team is bad. They're going to, yeah. you're probably going to see some significant changes in the off season to this roster, it's to coaching this coaching staff, staff yeah. to the front office, potentially. Uh, this is just, this team has disaster written all over it. And the Seahawks love playing the Cardinals. This has been a great rivalry over the last few years. And I don't expect them to lay the gas pedal off at all no. in this game. No, I, I don't either. And look, the Cardinals best quarterback last week was Larry Fitzgerald, which is a problem. <laughs> uh, it's a big just, problem. I just don't like anything about this team right now. We'll dispel the narrative that they're playing for the number one pick. Look, Steve Wilkes is going to get fired. Yes. He's not trying to get the number one pick for a franchise that's about to fire him. No, okay? he's not. Neither, uh, None of the players are because this could be Larry Fitzgerald's last game in the NFL. You know, Josh Rosen doesn't want you – know, I mean, so none of the players are playing for the number one pick. Players don't tank. We've talked about this before. Even coaches in front office are not going to tank in the, or try to tank in this one because they might not be there next year. Yeah. Steve Wilson wants to at least get one more win in the year because it's not an accomplishment for him to have the number one pick and then get fired. For sure. So no, I think for I think this they're going to lose this game, but they're not going to lose this game because they're trying to lose. They're going to lose this game because they are a far inferior team talent wise. No, and you people who think that it, the NFL is not the NBA. These guys are not on guaranteed contracts long term. A lot of these guys are playing for their jobs. There's for one a coach spot. that has the ability to lose right now. It's John Gruden. It's John Gruden. Yeah, he's the only one. And he's not trying to lose, but he's not trying to win either. Exactly. This and case is not it's not with the Cardinals because a lot of people on that sideline aren't going to be there next year. No. They don't care that you could get you know, no, Nick Bosa. For they sure. Don't care. No, Byron Leftwich wants a job. Steve Wilkes wants a job. These guys want jobs. And and you have to put on tape what you can do. And likewise for the individual players and the individual athletes who are playing for their jobs. Tanking doesn't happen. No. And the only place that that's semi happening is for John Gruden. Yeah. It's, and it's still not all the way happening because you can't get players to buy into that because no. they still want players jobs. don't tank. Players no. will never tank. 100%. The LA Chargers going on the road next game to play the Denver Broncos. The Chargers are six and a half point favorites on the road. Denver, obviously nothing to play for here, if I'm correct. Yeah, they're that's another team that's going to make a coach. Yeah, they're out. They're gonna, that's another team that's going to make a coaching change in the offseason, yep. most likely. They, they got the excuse now. They can fire Vance Joseph and move, move on with their lives. Yeah, and they wanted to do it last year, and I think now they proved that they have enough. They made some changes, and I expect that they're going to they're gonna make, they're going to be one of those. They're, uh, they're, they're a bubble team next year. Yeah, like, I they, agree. They're one of those teams where I look at, and like I, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought they were an eight-win team. It looks like they may or may not. It looks like they probably be a seven-win sure. team when it, when it's all said and done. Unfortunately but, for them, they just play in the division with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah. That's, I, mean, I mean, good luck. You got Patrick Mahomes yeah. for probably the next 15 years, and Phillip Rivers ain't going anywhere. No, so. Phillip Rivers. Yeah. It's funny because I, I never look at Phillip Rivers as old as he actually is. He just doesn't feel like – Because he's got more energy than I think people he, I get, are – He's 19. Him, Eli, and, and Roethlisberger, same first round, same yeah. draft class. Who's the best guy right and now? And Eli, everybody's waiting to retire. 
Ben keeps teasing retirement, and Phil Rivers is like, yeah, he's going to have six more kids and play eight more seasons. Like, I don't know use, man. He's maybe and playing well. Yeah, no, he's playing. This is one of his best seasons that he's put together. This is a he, quiet he, he's MVP finish, candidate. He's going to finish top 12 fantasy again. Yep. Like, again, like he does he's every the player year. that, again, it's, wait, wait, wait. We told you, wait, you're going to get Roethlisberger. He's going to be number two or number three QB when the season's over. Wait to get Phillip Rivers. He's going to crack into the top 12. If you listen to Paige and not me at the beginning of the year, Wait for Matt Ryan. He's going to finish top three. So, I mean, like, this is where the wait for quarterback things. Because it, now, again, nobody foresaw what Mahomes was going to no. do. Nobody did. No. People took him with upside and hoped. But for the most part, you can wait and get these quarterbacks. But that's a rant for where we start to recap the season. I think the Chargers win this game. They still have a chance. Yeah. Uh, because of the way that, because yeah. of the way that, because they're both divisional games, and that's that's going to be the final tiebreaker for them since they split. So if they win and the Chiefs lose, I believe that they would flip spots there. Uh, but I, to me, the Chargers again, they need to have some momentum going into it. They're going to play. Who are they going to play there? Who's going to be the four seed in the AFC? I'm, I don't know. I'm drawing a complete blank right now. The Texans. No, the they'll be the Patriots, three seed. The, What's the oh? They, they'll be um, the Ravens. Yeah, yep. the AFC North. It's so weird thinking the AFC North is a four seed. The Ravens are the Steelers. But they're they're going to yeah. probably be, play the Ravens in the first round. That's not an easy matchup. Nope. Um, so they're going to want to be hitting on – boy, that's going to be a fun game to pick. Yeah. The, Chargers I'm, going across country. I am Ooh. very much looking forward to the postseason. That, that, that could be a fun game. I want to see what that line is in that game because I think that there could be some value there on the Ravens. Um, but – they're, they're going to want to win this game. They're less than a touchdown favorites. I will take them here minus six and a half. Yeah, listen, this team smells – Denver's a tough place to play. I will admit Denver that. Denver is a tough place to play, but I, I – this team doesn't scare me. The Chargers need to no. need to keep it rolling as they head into the postseason. No Philip Lindsay for, for the Broncos in this game. He's on IR. I think Royce Freeman could actually be a strong flex play, maybe even a low-end RB2 this yeah, week. Yeah, because he's not competing yeah. for carries with Philip Devontae Lindsay. Booker is going to get some touches too, so be aware of that. It's not going to be just a one-run back system there, but – uh, Royce Freeman, again, this is going to be fun next year because I think there's going to be a lot closer to a time split because I think both these guys are good. Yep. I really do. All right. Chicago Bears going on the road to play the Minnesota Vikings. The scenario here is if the L.A. Rams lose and the Bears win, they lock in the number two seed because they own the tiebreaker with their victory against the L.A. Rams. Now the Rams are playing the Niners. This should be a victory. But as we've discussed and will discuss, there's an interesting point on Kyle Shanahan playing in December. So – I'm assuming if we know that, the Chicago Bears know that. And the Chicago Bears are four-point underdogs going into Minnesota in this game. And Jamie and I looked at this line and said, hmm, that is very interesting. I know the Minnesota Vikings have a lot to play for, and you all know I'm a homer for my team. But giving the Bears, who are a better football team, points, four points to be exact, seems like a, a pretty interesting and tasty line for a lot of betters out there. Yeah, it, it's, it's a little strange to me. Like, again, I'm not locking this in because not because the Bears can if, – if they look at, the, look at the scoreboard at halftime and the Rams are up 21 They get to three, Trubisky and half the team. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, playing, you know, they're playing Chase Daniel and, and, and Benny Cunningham and all yeah. these guys, and then, and then they don't really have to worry so much. But – I just the Bears are a far superior team than the Vikings. Like I, I think there's a bigger gap here than I think most people realize. And I was super, super high on the Vikings to yeah. begin the year. I was, so was really I. high. I, I thought them this to was win a, the division. Yeah, I didn't have them going to the Super Bowl, but I had them I had them in the conversation for the NFC championship game along with the Rams. Yep. I, I've just been disappointed by the way they've been playing overall. They've been playing a little bit better. They're actually running the football a lot. Dalvin Cook looks really good now. He's starting to get again ramping up as you're giving him more touches and he gets further and further away from that ACL surgery. Sure. He's having a really strong year. 
And I know the Vikings have to win this game because the Eagles are nipping at their heels right now. If the Eagles win and the Vikings lose, the Eagles are in. And the Vikings are going to be sitting home, which is a massive disappointment considering you upgraded a quarterback in the offseason and then had a far worse regular season. I'm going to take the Bears plus four here. Uh, I'm going to just take the extra points here that they can either win this game outright or only lose on like a last-second Dan Bailey field goal because I'm just going to take the superior roster here. Yeah. Because at least when the game kicks off, the Bears still have something to play for. Absolutely. They're playing concurrently with the Rams game. So at, at kickoff, they have something to play for. Not quite as much as the Vikings, but they have something to play for. And again, Kirk Cousins, I need, I need Kirk Cousins to have that performance where I go, you can beat a really good team in a game that matters. Yeah. This is a better scenario. Winning, you're in. Yep. There's no bigger game in the regular season than this game right here for Kirk Cousins. You're at home. Winning, you're in. Go show me something. But yep. for right now, I'm going to take the Bears plus four. Not only that, but I give extra motivation. The Bears have been on this FU mode all season long where nobody's been giving them credit, and they put the Packers away and said goodbye to the Green Bay's hopes. I'm telling you right now, they know if they beat this Vikings team and send them packing and they do not go to the postseason, nothing will make this fan base and that city happier, and you bet your ass they know that. The one concern I do have, now because seeding does matter here because if the Vikings win and the Seahawks lose – the Vikings actually be the five seed, not the yep. six seed. But there's a very good chance that this game, just in reverse, just in Chicago, yeah. is a wild card matchup weekend. Correct. So if that holds, the Vikings stay at six, the Bears are three. And that's they a show vanilla this So week. how how exotic do the Bears want to get? Do they play a very vanilla defense, very vanilla offense? That would be my one concern. They could do that. Probably a stay away game from a betting perspective because if it looks like a scenario in which the Vikings are going to get in and this is going to be the matchup another week. We saw this happen a couple years ago with the Packers and the Cardinals where they knew going into Week 17 that they were going to face each other again on Wild Card Weekend. You don't exactly want to give away some of your best plays. You don't want to try all that hard because you don't want to put that on film for a team to study for a full week leading into the game. That does matter. So that would be my one concern. The only thing, the next game we're going to talk about is the other game that impacts the game we just talked about. That's the San Francisco 49ers going on the road to play the LA Rams. The Rams are 10-point favorites, but Jamie, I want you to discuss – what we discussed earlier off the podcast, and that is that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers like playing in December. So, yeah, it, it was a very interesting stat. So the last three years, the 49ers record in December, 9-4. and We are like, okay, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Every other month, 4-33. and 33. So put that in context. They like playing four in – 4-33. Yes. They like playing in December. And this team has been pesky. They already beat the Seahawks this month. They played the Bears down to the wire last week. This Kyle Shanahan, as Jake has gone on many tangents on this podcast, deserves a hell of a lot of credit because he's playing with a quarterback that nobody knew going into this postseason with a ton of injuries and has turned this team. I think he's just getting the absolute best out of his team. And and I expect in a divisional game where you bet that Kyle Shanahan hears all the noise about Sean McVay and how great he is and how he's not getting any credit over in San Francisco – I expect this to be a close game. I don't think that San Francisco would never say that San Francisco is going to go out and beat this team, but would it surprise me if it happened? Not really. No, one. And San Francisco is still in play for for a top pick, and there's a lot of weird scenarios that have to happen to make it happen at this point. Cardinals would have to win to be the, the first one because Cardinals lose, they get the number one pick. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams minus 10. I don't feel great about it, but I do think this is a team that needs a very strong performance. They this do. is a team that just not – they're going to have a week off most likely. Yep. Again, if they win this game, they're going to have a week off. I've just been very disappointed with the way they've played in December. This is not the same Rams team, and I know there's a lot of like talk and rumbling, rumblings that did this team peak too soon? Did this, and which I 
I hate that phrase because I don't know what you're supposed to do. I yeah. don't, you're, like, you're not supposed to like, did the Saints peak too soon? Like, you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. keep winning, like we're supposed to do lose for the first yeah, four I weeks agree. of the year, but they haven't played well. And that's, that's the big point. They have not played like one of the best teams in the league the last few weeks. And if they want to get back to the Super Bowl, they've already blown their opportunity to get home field advantage. At least they can have home field advantage for that first game before they have to go play the Saints most likely. I, I think they can win this game by two scores. All right. Next game, we're going to talk about Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to play the Washington Redskins. As we discussed earlier, the Eagles have something to play for to keep them out of that most disappointing team of the year conversation. They are seven-point favorites on the road. And will we see some more Nick Foles magic, Jamie? So the only thing that concerns me here is Nick Foles on the road hasn't quite been as good as Nick Foles at home. Mm -hmm. But the Redskins are just – they're running out of players. Yeah, they they. A team that has really suffered so many injuries. You know, they're pesky. For a team that's been this hurt and starting Josh Johnson, and I mean, they haven't had Chris Thompson for most of the year. It's been healthy, and he's been a shell of himself when he's been out there. I think he's still hurt. Uh, like, I mean, Jameson Crowder's finally starting to be a little bit little productive in the last few weeks. He's a borderline flex play. But I just – I think that this is the game means everything in the world to the Eagles and absolutely nothing to the Redskins. I'm just going to go with the Eagles minus seven here. I'm always going to go with the team – that has the motivation, that has the belief, that has the desire over a team that's, all right, let's get this final game done. Um, I do find it interesting that you uh, that the Redskins are a team where it's okay to be accused of domestic assault, but it's not it's not okay to say your defensive coordinator didn't have a good game plan. So I find that so that's a fascinating line in the sand that the Redskins decided to draw as yeah. an organization. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> and Just had to bring it up. I, I have a lot of thoughts uh, about – the scenario that played out. Um, I just, to me, it's, it's ridiculous. The priorities that exist in the NFL and without me going on a 15 minute long spiel about how it's hard to be a female who loves football. uh, It's take things seriously that matter. Criticizing your coach. Yeah. DJ Schrader is a good football player. Uh, Yeah. By the way, he's a better football player than Ruby Foster is. 100%. 100%. And he is a junkyard dog. I watched him play here. He plays hard each and every week. Uh, Rob Snyder, get it together. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers could potentially be on the outside looking at it. It's more likely than not. And which is crazy to say when we're talking about a team that we thought would be, I thought personally, this is where I could be. This could be the thing I was most wrong about this season. Yeah. Uh, I had this team going to the Super Bowl. I thought this offense, and listen, at moments in games, this offense, I specifically think of that Thursday night football game against the Carolina Panthers where they looked unstoppable. Juju Smith-Schuster took a huge step forward in this offense and gave them a legitimate second weapon. Um, And I just, I look at this team, you go back all the way to week one. And that Browns game, yeah, tie. And that game that they had, they were up in the game, multiple scores, and they had a ton, a ton of chances to win that game in the fourth quarter and in sure overtime. Did. And they blew every opportunity. And I know people are going to look back at the fumble from Juju last week. They're going to look like all these other things. But ultimately, you were playing a Hugh Jackson-led Browns team, which looked a lot different than the Browns look now, and you blew that game. And and they had so many other scenarios over the over the rest of the season where they just blew games they should have won. They're going to miss the playoffs, most likely, because I don't think the Ravens are going to lose. And the Ravens have to lose, the Steelers are going to win. 14.5 is a lot, but I do think the Steelers are a little bit in FU mode. They could still pretend in that locker room like they're playing for something, because they are, but most likely not. Uh, 
they're playing at, I believe they're playing at the same, yeah, they're playing yeah, at the same time same as the time. Ravens. So again, a kickoff, which is important. Everybody believes there's a chance. Uh, I think they absolutely roll over the Bengals. Uh, I think they do a lot like what the Browns did to the Bengals last week, except maybe they don't allow the Bengals to, run, to have that fourth quarter comeback to cover. Uh, I think the Steelers have a monster game here. I love everybody in this game. I think Avery's my number one wide receiver this week. Yep. I think Juju's also in my top ten. I think uh, if James Conner plays this week, he's going to be in my top ten. He's ESPN's number one projected running back this week. Uh, I think there's a massive week for all the Steelers. I think Ben's my number two or number three quarterback. This is going to be a massive week for all your Steelers. And for the Bengals, I mean, a semi-disappointing performance for Joe Mixon. It wasn't terrible last week. No. It wasn't anything special. I think he has a little bit better game here. But I just think they're going to get down in that game. And when they get down, they're not going to give Joe Mixon the ball 15 times in the second half when they're down both no. the scores. No, they are not. Uh, that means Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be big Cleveland Brown fans. And that's the next game we're going to talk about. The Cleveland Browns are six-point dogs going into Baltimore. Cleveland's been pesky. They've been winning. They've been feeling themselves. If I was going to choose a team that I thought could potentially go in here and mix things up in Baltimore, it would be Baker Mayfield and this Cleveland Browns team because Baker is not intimidated to go play anywhere. I know it's Baltimore, and I know it's a tough place to play, but he's not going to be scared. That being said, Baltimore at home, that defense at home, I think Bobby Baker's going to throw a couple picks. I think he's going to try and make something happen, and he's going to force a few throws, and that's going to be the end of the Cleveland Browns' magical run here. Yeah, it, it's it's a bad matchup for Cleveland. I, mean, I agree. They, they benefited from having a, a pretty decent schedule down the stretch. And all the credit in the world, extremely optimistic for what this team is going to be next season and years beyond. But the Ravens' defense is so good. And they're right on the precipice. They know they're in a spot here, that they're they're going to be in the playoffs if they win. They're going to win the division. They're going to have a home playoff game if they win this. I, I would be shocked if they lost this game. And it's not because the Browns aren't a good team. It's just that, again, in Week 17, when you have a team that has everything in the world to play for and a team that has nothing to play for, it's tough to match that level of motivation. When you put that together, the fact that the Ravens have a better roster, yep. I'm really excited for them. Uh, Gus, um, Gus Edwards is going to be another – Probably RB, upper end RB2, maybe even a low end RB1 this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be a, a solid play. I, I, the, I, where do I have the Ravens defense? They got to be high I up there. I think they're super think high they, on my list. I keep closing my rankings. but I think they're going to be high up there. I would assume you have them pretty high because I think they're going to be able to create some turnovers because I think, like I said, I believe Baker is going to end up trying to force some throws. I do think the Browns will put up some points, but I do think that they're going to he's going to force some throws and have some turnovers, in which case that's going to score you a lot of points. Yeah, so I think the Ravens – I actually have them pretty lower than I thought. I actually don't have them in my top ten. So uh, I was like, Cleveland can't put up some points, but – to me, uh, Edwards number twenty at the running back spot for me. I, again, I just I'm going to take the Ravens minus six here. Again, I just it's the Browns are a good team. I don't think the Ravens are two steps or three steps better than the Browns, but they're at least a full step better than the Browns. I so I'm, I'm going to take them at home here by less than a touchdown. Especially since Cleveland has to go on the road to play Baltimore, it's yeah. a pretty intimidating envir- environment to go into in a divisional game that means a lot for Baltimore if they lock this in. Uh, the Oakland Raiders going on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is a 14-point favorite at home. They would like to lock and load and make sure that they put away this Raiders team and go into the postseason feeling themselves that they have like the they've teetered off a little bit here too. Yeah. Right? They play They don't they don't look like the world beaters that they once No, were. they went into Seattle last week and Seattle took care of business. Yeah, and, that, that defense is gonna be a problem. And and I know Jake has been a little bit higher on them than I have. I that just, defense is gonna be a problem in these in, when you get into January. It's for me, if you are a Super Bowl, if you want to win the Super Bowl, 
You have to have above just, average or just defense. Competent. A competent defense. You cannot have a defense that makes mistakes. And when you're talking about the quarterbacks that they're going to have to face in the AFC, I don't trust that defense to make plays against elite quarterbacks, yeah. and that is who they're going to have to play to get to the Super Bowl. And I love Mahomes, and I love what that offense does. But as we've said, December and January football is much different yes. than September, October, November football. Uh, Damian Williams has been good for them. Spencer Ware has been good when he's been healthy, but they're not Kareem Hunt. And no. it, just the way that, just from a pure football perspective, the way that offense runs has it's been, it's been different since Correct. Kareem Hunt's been out. It's been a little bit different since Sammy Watkins has been out. They don't yep. have a good number two option. Chris Conley is not – Is Chris Conley is a wide receiver four. Yeah, he is not like Sammy he's Watkins. Not, he's not a number two option. I know technically he'd be number three behind Kelsey and Hill, but they need another weapon on the outside, so getting Watkins back would be extremely helpful for them. Obviously, they're not getting Korean Pump back ever, um, but that's understandable there. Chiefs aren't going to lose to the Raiders. I think they cover this 14-point spread. It's, it's high, but the Chiefs still have the fear of we could lose this division still. Yep. And they're playing at the same time as the Chargers. Yep. The Chargers win and the Chiefs lose or Chiefs tie. They're the five seed. Yes. And all of a sudden, your magical <laughs> season means you're going on the road to Baltimore, then probably on the road to either New England or L.A. Yeah, good luck. And then on the road to one of the other teams. Yeah, like, you can't lose this game. All of a sudden, this team is not a Super Bowl contender. I should say not contender, but they're not a Super Bowl team to me if they have to go on the road three times to get there. No, I. you have to. Have is, to win this game because, again, you could be you could have home field or you could be the five seed. I yeah. mean, that's a massive, massive drop. This game means the world to them. The Raiders are terrible. Yeah. You need to blow them out. Yes. This should be a this should be a forty two to ten game. Yes. You should blow their doors off. And if it's not, it's it's oh it's I'm questioning whether or not I believe this team can do that because yeah. this is a far inferior football team. You need to take care of business at home. Because there's a good chance. No excuses. Yeah. No excuses for this game. Blow their doors off. Exactly. Indianapolis Colts last game here. Big um, game. Sunday night game. Against Winning the, you're in. Against the Tennessee Titans. The Colts are three and a half point favorites. The Tennessee Titans are still in the hunt. They are nine and six and they can still are winning their in. The win winning their in. Are winning their the sixth seed, and they're going to play. The, they'll, they'll play the, most likely the Texans. Yes. So this one. is this is a this is a very interesting game. Who would have thought two AFC South teams? I know. At is, the beginning of the year, that I would have never guessed an AFC South team yeah, would make this the playoffs. Is, this, that wasn't the division winner. The props to the Tennessee Titans and their coaching staff Mike for, Rabel for Mike Vrabel and company because this team is a team. That they're playing above their talent level, one hundred percent, which is a sign of good coaching. One hundred percent. But all that being said, I am not going to go against Andrew Luck. I don't care that he's on the road. Tennessee is not an intimidating environment to go into. They don't have this rowdy fan well, poor base. People in Nashville. Yeah, it's it's just it's not an intimidating environment for. And it's I'm sorry, every day and twice on Sunday, it, when it's evenly matched, because these teams are pretty evenly matched in my opinion, with the exception of one position. Andrew Luck is a far superior quarterback to Marcus Mariota, yes. and that is the differentiator here. And that's why I don't think that there is no doubt in my mind that the Indianapolis well, Colts are going to go take care of business. Th- th- this was said on, on an Indianapolis radio station uh, by Kevin Bowen, or Bowen, excuse me. And I think this is one going to be the key of the game because I think these teams are very similar. They're I agree. very close. They're, they're similar in talent level. They play yes. completely different styles, but talent level is very, very similar. similar. The quote here is the Colts have Andrew Luck. The Titans have Blaine Gabbert. And that's the matchup that we're dealing with here. And when we're talking about the great equalizers, you have a superstar at the quarterback position in Andrew Luck. I've loved what they've been able to do with Marlon Mack recently. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton has been as banged up as he is. He's been playing out of his mind. I look at that Colts team and that front seven is still pretty good. The secondary is not great, but I don't think Blaine Gabbard can take advantage of that secondary. No. Uh, I'm still again. I know Derek Henry has looked really good, but this yeah. is a good. This is a pretty decent rush defense. I think they get after the passer in this game. As good as the Titans' defense is, I think the Colts' offense will be able to get points. I don't see how the Titans can match the Colts offensively. Um, I think this is a one-score game, though. I do think this is where this is a within seven or eight points. Yeah. But I'm going to take the Colts minus three and a half on the road. This is going to be actually a pretty exciting game. I it think is. this is going to be a, a very fun game to watch. Tennessee's been, like we said, Tennessee's played tough all season long. They don't this. they don't beat themselves. I know that's so cliche, but it goes back to it. Teams like this, this is why the Dolphins have been able to stick around where they have for a while, or even where the Broncos were for a bit. If you play solid defense and you don't turn the ball over and you're good in the red zone, you can take a team that's maybe a six-win team and turn them into an eight- or nine-win team. Yep. And that's absolutely. what's happened here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still still going with Andrew Luck. Any, yes. Anytime Andrew Luck is in a game that's meaningful and he can put a team away and they're pretty evenly matched, he's just he's not intimidated to go into any environment and win no, football it, games. It's a divisional and, game. These teams know each other well. And yep. again, they just the, the I just think the Colts have the offense. Like to me, if the Colts put up twenty eight. I just do not know how Titans match that. No, they I just won't. Can't see, and I don't think Derrick Henry is going to have a 200-yard game on the ground. I just don't. I it would be very. I would be very impressed by Tennessee, and I will think of them in a completely different light if they take care of business at home and make and put themselves into the playoffs. Like the winner of this game, I'm. You don't want to play either team. All you I'm don't saying want to is, play. I'm not. I'm not against picking the winner of this game to go into Houston to beat the Texans. In I, like if, I, I especially if it's the Colts. He, oh, 100. If the Colts, if the Colts win. I will be I will be picking it's an upset in round one. That was if, that it's, was if it's Colts Texans, I think the Texans are four point favorites in that game, and I'm not sure I'm not taking the Colts. Yep. So all right, but we'll talk about that next week. We will talk about that next week. Jamie, any parting thoughts on this week's podcast? Just pay attention a lot more if you're playing this week. This is why, honestly, I don't advocate for playing in week 17. We've talked about all the players yeah. that may or may not be playing or might be only playing a half. Even as part of a two week final, I just to me, no. I think this is where. This is actually a better season than most, where we're really only talking about a couple teams that are outright going to rest players. This Maybe is actually Dallas, one of the New best Orleans. I can remember. But uh, to me, just again, pay attention to see who's starting, who's not starting, what it mat- what matters for them, what time the games are. Uh, it looks like actually the NFL did a really good job with a lot of the teams that the games that matter are all kicking off at the same time for the other team that matters for them. So yeah. you're not getting as many scenarios where somebody can Scoreboard win early and then the late games, oh yeah, we're not going to start players. Uh, other thing to watch out for, I, if you are a Todd Gurley owner, if you didn't pick up C.J. Anderson this week, well, you probably are going to have a chance to get him at this point, but I would be surprised if Todd Gurley plays. There's really no reason to have him out there. Uh, C.J. Anderson would be obviously a uh, top 10 play this week if he doesn't. He looked good last week. Guys, I always advocate for this. I've been hosting a fantasy podcast for many years. Make sure you tell your commissioner that your fantasy season ends week 16. There is no reason to play in week 17. Make sure it ends in week 16. When you have money on the line and you have to go into a week where you might not be having your best players, it's truly not the best team winning. And you should always end on week 16. That's just how it should go. So advocate to your commissioner. I'm sorry if you are playing this week. It's a tough week to play fantasy, as we've discussed throughout this podcast. But if you are, good luck. Uh, but make sure your commissioner, just go to the commissioner, just, just make sure you're telling him it's God, him or her, 
end it week 16. It just should end that way. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner on Instagram. And guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I, and you should follow TD Fantasy on both Instagram and Twitter at TD Fantasy underscore. And be sure to check out the premium picks on TDFantasy.com. We're going to have some locks this week, so jump on to TDFantasy.com, and good luck if you are playing in week 17. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.